0: Welcome to Eventive Entrepreneurs, the podcast for business inspiration, featuring innovative entrepreneurs sharing their stories, best practices and actionable tips, sprinkled with my favorite topic event planning advice to build community and grow your business. I'm your host, Sarah Brush. Let's get this party started. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I am really excited about this episode. I will share all of the details about our guest, but she has inspired me to start a series with the podcast focused on businesses that are either in the startup process or just launched. I think it's really interesting and helpful for our community to listen to these stories and how these guests have translated their big idea into a business. So this will be the first episode in the series, and you can look forward to more content like this. So the guest today is Becca Eberhardt. She is a mom, wife, and entrepreneur living in Northeast Iowa. As a brand manager, she offers her clients management services for social media, community membership, and podcasting. She has recently started another business, which is a big focus of this conversation, called Ellie Box. It is a quarterly subscription box filled with products from women-owned businesses. Becca is also passionate about encouraging other women to follow their dreams and create a life doing what they love, no matter where they're from. Hi, Becca. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited to have you and I'm really excited to get kind of deep into your new business that you're launching. Yes, I'm very excited. Yay. So I wanted to start because you have been in a full-time job and then also a virtual assistant and then a brand manager. So can you kind of share just your process and how you've kind of transitioned through those positions?
1: Yes, I would love to. So um, when I was 19, I actually got a full-time job as a records clerk at a sheriff's office. And so for my age, that job was full-time that had benefits. It was the dream. Um, I would say the dream as in like bringing a paycheck home wise. Um, even at that time, I knew that my dream was to own my own business or businesses. Um, but I didn't know what that looked like yet. So I took that job and I was like, at the time, if I stay here, you know, two, three years, this will be great. Eight years later, I was still there. Yeah. And, you know, I finally just decided I had my degree in business management and I knew that it's what I wanted. You know, I never, you know, shied away from that. So I decided to get a job as a manager at a retail store to get experience because that's what I thought I needed at the time. Um, So I stayed there for a couple of years, was the manager, then became the operations manager, and I transitioned out of that job um, actually due to like some safety concerns due to the area. Um, Got another office job, but it wasn't long after being there that I decided that the first business I was going to start for myself was a virtual assistant business. And so what I did was I actually started that business. It's very cliche. It was actually New Year's, January, 2019. (laughs) So, (laughs) well, you followed through. (laughs) I followed through. And that's the thing is I'm actually not the type of person that ever will recommend or even like, if I'm going to start a workout, it's not going to be on Monday. It's not going to be after you know, I order pizza all weekend, you know, I'm not somebody who waits at all. Um, But it just happened to be like the timing was right. It was around like New Year's New Year's resolutions. And I was like, Okay, I'm just going to do this. So I started that business and I side hustled it. So in January of 2019, I was at that office job full time, I had a toddler at home. And A couple months into that I became pregnant. So I side hustled for that year while I was pregnant until I left for maternity leave. And I had grown my VA business to about 20 hours a week on top of my full-time job. And when I left for maternity leave, I had no like thinking that I was gonna be able to not go back to that job. Like I had my 12 weeks out plan. That's how I planned it with them. That's what my husband thought. And about halfway through, it was eating away at me. I So that's when I started to crunch numbers, get out the Excel sheets and the highlighters and all of the things. And I'm like, okay, what does this virtual assistant business have to do to support, you know, essentially our current lifestyle? I, you know, it didn't have to be anything bigger than that at the time. What could I do to just transition from that to this and not have my kids in childcare? And that was... Actually kind of a push though, is two kids in childcare, the expense of that versus me working part-time and having my own business at home
0: that actually kind of helped me validate not going back.
1: And I so totally,
0: yeah, I totally understand that because I remember that for years kind of thinking, okay, I, you know, when you look at that, you're spending just, you know, significant amount of money in childcare. So that completely makes sense. And it's probably a great, you know, push that got you over the edge it pushed me right over the edge. I was like, it all settled out to be
1: the same numbers, which is the crazy part. So either I'm working full-time and you know someone has both of my kids 50 hours a week and, or I have them home with me and I'm working part-time and the, the end of the day number, the money that's left over, it was the same. And I was like, okay. But I am, you know, I started working full time at 19. I'm very type A. And so, even with the numbers telling me what was possible and what you think would be an easy decision, I actually waited until the day. So, two weeks before I had to return for maternity leave, to email them and put in my two weeks. I did not want to do it. I also didn't think that this could be my reality, but I did. I sent the email and I've actually never looked back. I never want to look back. Um, I love, business and entrepreneurship. Um, so I, you know, there was two weeks and then I was, I was full into it. I actually, um, the plan was, is that I was only going to work the 20 hours a week and have my kids, but then I would find like a new client that I really liked and I really liked their business. And I'd take on a little more and a little more. So actually throughout last year, I maxed out my services. And so now I am capped on that. That's full-time Um, And the transition, because you had said, well, how did I go from being like a general VA to a brand manager? And I think with any VA, you start out and you do what you have to do. And then once kind of the demand for your services are there, then you can start picking like the type of work and the clients that you're working with. And so from there, you know, I thought about okay. this earlier, so I'm going to share something with you on your podcast that I've actually never shared with anyone Ooh. except for my husband, and I've never shared it on my own podcast either.
0: Oh, so, good. So excited. Okay. I,
1: well, it's more just funny, and you'll get why I never told anybody. So <laughs> I got my first two VA clients within 24 hours of each other. One of them was for uh, like a bookkeeping service, which made sense because that's what my office job was. The other one was actually social media for a man who sold bidets. So, (laughs) yes, which is funny because when this happened, this was, okay, so February of 2020, and you wouldn't have known it at the time, but a few months later, there was actually a demand for bidets that wasn't there before because of the toilet paper shortage of 2020. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, so it's all very ironic, but the point of that is, is that when I decided that I was going to do this and I was going to support my family, or at least me, you know, my half, um, as a VA, I was going to do anything to make it work. So to get that experience, I, it didn't matter, you know, who I was working for, what I was actually doing. And you can see that my services were actually one was social media, one was bookkeeping, but I had experience and the knowledge to do both. So as I was working with those, I definitely found the pull that I wanted to do more social media work more often than I wanted to do the bookkeeping work. And so as I grew those clients, then I was able to work myself out of working with the bookkeeping client and a couple
0: of the other ones that I had. Well, I love that story. That is that's hilarious. <laughs> yes. And how, you know, I know there's a lot of people listening that would, you know, probably love to be a virtual assistant. And what are some of your tips on just really building that business up and getting clients?
1: Absolutely. So I'll, I mean, I kind of just touched on this. I truly believe that you have to do what you have to do until you can do what you want to. It's going to get you so far, you know, the short-term discomfort has long-term gain by far. Um, a practical tip that I have that actually works for both, um, people who want to be a virtual assistant and someone who wants to hire a virtual assistant that I love is when you are pitching clients, you should do a video pitch. So all you have to do is record that on your phone and then you can, um, you can, or you could do it in Loom. If you do it on your phone, you can upload it into YouTube and leave, um, listed as private or unlisted and no one else can see it. Um, And then you just share that link in your email to them, but it puts a face with the name. That's also not just like a still image shot. Uh, People can really get a vibe for your personality and even a 60 second video. That's about all I did was 60 seconds when I was introducing me and my experience to the clients. And it's going to give you a one-up on other people who just sent like a text email to someone And then on the flip side, if you're someone who would like a virtual assistant and you're hiring someone, I think that watching those 60 second videos, um, saves you a lot of time. So you can on paper think someone would be really great. And then, you know, when you start talking with someone, you're like, they might be nice, but it's not what I'm looking for, or the experience isn't there. Um, you can save yourself a lot of one hour zoom calls. If you just accept the video pitches and watch those first.
0: That's really good. And I think I remember hearing you talk about in the past, like a couple good websites or platforms to be able to get work. What are those?
1: Absolutely. So, and I'm going to add a little on to this if people are interested in being a virtual assistant. The uh, website is Horky Handbook and the lady who runs that is called Gina Horky. And what she does is she has a course that teaches you how to be a VA. I think it's a very great course. That's the one that I took. And then you have the option to be in her paid Facebook membership. And they not only do video trainings in there every month, but then they also list pitches in there. So that is the find me a VA on her website is for people looking for a VA for free. You can put in your information and what you're looking for. And that Facebook group will get that pitch, you know, posted in there. And then they can all send you their video pitches. And the nice thing about that for someone looking to hire is that it's free. There's no obligation to hire anyone. They would never really have any know-how of if you did hire someone or not. Um, But since all of the members in there pay to be in there, I feel like that's a really great place to find someone. You know that they're actually invested and really wanna do the work and really wanna find clients versus just all of these free Facebook groups out there with people posting things. So those are a couple of the reasons why I really like that group.
0: Yeah, that's really good. We'll put that in the show notes as well. And then for businesses that are hiring virtual assistants or are considering it and are a little bit nervous, do you have any advice on just the best way to work with a virtual assistant and just make sure it feels like they're an extension of your brand? Yeah,
1: so I actually subscribe to exactly what you just said i like as a virtual assistant and i've had a little bit of help not a full-time virtual assistant but i like feeling like a part of someone's team and not everyone does and not everyone wants that with their virtual assistant but just as long as you know that there are actually two different types out there so you kind of need to decide what it is you want if you want someone to not really be personable, just kind of do your task list. That's out there and that's very possible. But then there are also virtual assistants. And so even though they're freelance and even though they send you an invoice, they can feel more like a part of your team just by adding them to your Slack or your Voxer and putting them in your project management system like Asana or Trello. So um, I, I like that vibe a lot better. I think that people like that produce a lot better work because they're more invested in what the business and the owner is actually doing. So that would definitely be um, my recommendation there is just to look for more of a team member. And again, you're like, oh, but I could never afford that. Someone can be on your team and work five hours a week for you. I personally don't think that this has to be anything 10, 20, you know, 40 hours a week. It could be 20 hours a month.
0: Yeah, that's that's really great advice. And then you mentioned like Asana and Trello. And I know there's always a lot of discussion around really good, you know, project management tools and things like that. I'm sure with your experience, you've worked on a lot of them. What are some of your favorites?
1: Yeah. So personally, I do use both Trello and Asana. And like I had mentioned earlier, I'm very type A, so I do love them. (laughs) You know, some people just think they're the worst. I actually have so much fun in them where, so Trello, um, I use that with one client and then Asana, I use it with another for my personal. And when I say personal, I mean like my home stuff, I actually use Trello and you're like, okay, what personal stuff are you organizing in Trello? All of the things. So I am the type of person who likes to, if I come up with ideas or find events for stuff for my family and my kids in the summer, it's going in a Trello board. So later when it is summer and we're out and what are we gonna do this weekend? I have ideas already planned. Um, I put my Christmas list in there. I have house projects that I wanna do, but there's a long list of those. So I need to keep them so I don't forget. So I do, I do. Trello um, and Asana are the two big ones. Um, I would say that Trello is more of, if you have a small team, I think it's more manageable. And then I think once you get bigger, you do want to use something more like Asana or ClickUp. Um, I've worked with ClickUp a little bit. It's not my favorite, but some people are diehards. So I honestly think that like, it's just how your brain is wired. You will click with one or the other. And I think that's okay. They all do the same thing.
0: Yeah, you're motivating me to get a little bit more organized in my home life, mentioning everything you're doing on Trello. I do. I love it. And I
1: have a lot of fun with it, though. And I know some people don't, but I do get a little jazzed about some organization.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. I think it's so good. So the main thing I wanted to talk to you about on this call, and I really wanted you to be able to share with our community, is your new business, LA Box, that you're launching that is really supporting women-owned businesses. Can you share all about that? Yes. So Ellie box is a quarterly subscription
1: box and it's filled with products made by women for women. And what that means is that this box, I'm only buying products from women makers and products that are made for women. And the idea of the box isn't necessarily, you know, you need more of something. The idea of this box is discovery. So this is really about people who like to shop local shop small go down to their local main street boutiques look local first all of those movements if you really resonate with those that is what ellie box is about it's about taking products made by small women-owned businesses and shipping them across the country and getting more eyes on them so these small businesses don't have as big of budgets as the big guys do and so my mission behind it is really how can I help spread the word about their products and not just put it in front of them, but kind of tell their stories as well. So that when you get their product in your box, you want to go back online and buy more from them.
0: That's so exciting. I'm just, I can't wait for this to launch. And then how did you, cause I'm sure there's a lot of interest. So how did you figure out which products to include and kind of just to connect with those women-owned businesses to get included?
1: Instagram. So
0: <laughs> since this is going to be our first box,
1: um, all of the quote unquote research happened on Instagram. So I, you know, and big thanks to the algorithm. I'm not going to lie. I mean, once you start looking for something, so say I'm searching small women owned businesses, or I find a product that's by a boutique Instagram's like, Oh, you should follow. And you know, you can swipe right. And you can find all the people um looking you know, if I found a business that I liked going in and looking at, well, who follows them? Um, a lot of small businesses follow other small businesses. And so really, once I got going, it was, it was not hard to fill up our first box at all. And then um, most of my conversations actually started out as DMs. And then we just moved into email so that we could, you know, talk about quantities and prices and orders and things like that.
0: That's so good. So give us the behind the scenes of starting up like a subscription based business, because that is just really interesting to me. And I'm sure there's just so many things to kind of figure out and kind of anticipate like how many orders you're going to get and things like that. So can you share some of that? Yes, I'd love to. So I will admit that it's funny, the
1: same way that I started my VA business by taking a course and joining a paid Facebook community When I got the idea to start a subscription box, which was in Six Figure School, um, which we were in together, um, it's, again, the algorithm. So I started Googling subscription boxes, and I stumbled upon a subscription box Facebook community that's a paid membership. No joke, without that community, there is no way I could have started this business this January and had the cart open now and our first box shipping June 1st. There is, you know, having a service-based business, um, you know, that I scaled until I maxed out is completely different than doing anything like this. I didn't need a cart online for that. Um, Adding the subscription um, option to that just adds a whole nother layer to it. It's not just the basic cart, it's more than that. Um, Again, I have never um, bought products at Wholesale, uh, so that's a whole new world to me as well. But this Facebook community that I'm in is really where I go. So it's not only the the course or the training modules that's with it, but it's also the community that's in there that is super supportive. You can also just go in and read what their experiences are, and you're like, okay, I'm not going to do that, or I'm going to try that. Um, but yeah, I mean, for for my specific what I've been working on over the past few months anyways, was just to identify. um, So Ellie box will have five to six products in each box, full size products. And our first box, I landed on five products that I was able to secure for this first box. And so working with five different women and um, it was really just about, you know, this is my timeline. That's one thing I was nervous about was I knew what I needed to do to open my cart, place an order and then get everyone's boxes together and ship them out by June 1st. Um, And so I just explained that to them. And I also explained to them that this is our first box, that the quantity wasn't going to be, you know, 150 per item like I would love to grow this to. Um, And everyone was very excited and open to working with me, which I was pleasantly surprised with. I didn't know what to expect, you know, when you've never done anything before. Um, And so now I'm not gonna get ahead of the game. For the first year, Ellie Box will be a quarterly subscription box, but just getting started, now I'm starting to get more inquiries and I'm finding out that potentially Ellie Box might be able to be a monthly box, but possibly not five products, make it a little smaller, but more often um, because there are a lot of women and a lot of businesses out there that I truly want to help. Um, So I'm very, very excited.
0: Well, I think it's so fun too. I think for those businesses, it's probably it's going on an adventure together and partnering on something new, and I think that's really special. And are you able to kind of wait to place the orders until you see how many you know people are coming in, or how how are you working that to make sure that you're mitigating your risk? I did mitigate my risk. So it's funny that
1: you bring that up. I'm actually very risk adverse, um, which you could probably. Um, have told right away when I told you that I didn't want to work at a sheriff's office, but I stayed there for eight years. <laughs> That's me being risk adverse. So I did. Um, that is how I set up LA box for this first year is cart will open. Um, so it's 2021. So May 3rd through May 10th cart will open and anyone can place their order and subscribe to this quarterly subscription box on May 10th. It closes. And you won't be able to order again until I open up cart for that fall box. So there will be kind of this couple month gap in between there. And um, on so I said May 10th, May 11th is actually when I place my order with my vendors. And this is when I said I was describing my timeline with them. I was very specific. And I told them Tuesday, May 10th, you will have your order. I I need them to meet in Iowa by May 26th. And I have a feeling that this first round, I'm not going to have any problems with that. Um, An example is that one vendor I worked with, she goes, just so you know, she's like, if you by chance needed more than 100 of what I'm ordering, the timeline could be a little tight. She wasn't worried about it. And I personally, I was like, I would love to have 100 subscribers this first round. I was like, but I don't think we'll have an issue. I was like, so anything under 100, she's like, we'll be able to turn it around in no time. So you can kind of see that there's about two and a half weeks in between my orders. I have two days blocked off on the calendar then. The 27th and the 28th are my packing days. Um, I already have a vendor fair that's that weekend that I wanna to go to and kind of network with some people. Um, it's, about, it's a couple hours away from me. Uh, Monday happens to be Memorial Day, so no shipping on Monday. And then that leaves us that June 1st when I'm going to ship out all of these boxes.
0: I think that's so smart and strategic. And I mean, it's great to, you know, mitigate that risk and to just, you can take that time and make sure that, you know, you're not putting yourself in a situation where it's, it's hard to grow and continue the process. So I love what you're doing and it's just really exciting. Now, what have you felt like is the most challenging through this process?
1: Yeah. So I will say that the website, um, and the tech has stressed me out the most and been the most challenging. Again, because it's this added, I already have a website for my, my VA business, but it was so basic because it all of the buttons are just book a call with me, contact me, here's more information. Nothing is you know technical beyond that point. It's all just really to get my information out there. This website needed to be developed with plugins and carts and the subscription plugin, um, a lot of different pieces that when you're trying to look at it all at once and being very new was very overwhelming. So I actually got very, very lucky. And my website to start out with anyways was a done for me website that was a template. And what that means is that I didn't do a custom website design. So there will be other subscription-based businesses out there that will have the same website as me, but the colors were fully customizable. So was the fonts, so they can be on brand. And then once you switch out the text and the pictures, it creates my website. But I was able to save thousands and thousands of dollars by going that way. And again, that was my way to mitigate risk because I did that website for under a thousand bucks, for example, that's just my example, a product-based business that I can get up and running for that when I can also share that another quote that I got was going to be 7,000. Wow. And it's not that I don't believe in Ellie Box, but again, as a very risk adverse person, I didn't wanna commit my family's funds upfront in that way to something that I haven't proven the concept for. Just because I love it doesn't mean that the business is profitable yet. And so that is a decision that I made was just that template. And of course, I have my eyes on a custom website because that's what I did with my first business. But I am going to wait. I'm going to go through this whole first year, learn a ton, which I've already have, and I will keep going with it. Um, And then I'll reassess the website and see. And who knows? maybe it's fine, just as it is. And this is just my perception of what I want. And that I'll just keep going with that.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's just super exciting. And um, yes. so are you going to feature, um, you know, the women that are in your boxes, in your Instagram, and do you kind of have a plan around like, you know, digitally and socially promoting them and sharing their stories? Yes. I have a whole plan. So, um, <laughs> I knew you'd have a plan, right? <laughs> yes.
1: So I am, um, Part of Ellie Box is not only to share specific products, because when people are passionate about shopping small or shopping local or supporting women-owned, they are, but that means that they want to hear people's stories. That's really what's behind it is... Um, an example in my personal life, and which is why Ellie Box kind of goes along with everything that I care about and kind of my values. Um, so, for example, when I was looking for a new chiropractor when we moved, I searched my area women chiropractor and picked from what popped up. My dentist is a female, um, so in my life I look for these women. And so with Ellie Box, it's not just about the product; it's about their story. And, you know, it is going to be, what are people comfortable sharing? But the fact is that the more we feel like somebody's best friend, the more we want to support them. And so these businesses will be featured on the Instagram account. There will be a printout inside the box, which I will say that for the first box, it's not going to be, it's going to be a beta version, we're going to call it. Um, Because long-term, I envision this little... Um, booklet to feel more like a magazine, a very small, like eight page magazine, but that's what I wanted to feel like you're looking at and reading. Um, And that's going to share, like, if this is your product, this is the maker behind it. And this is kind of their story or something about them, not just, you know, so-and-so makes this from here. I mean, I want to share with people that, you know, Rachel lives in Nebraska, and it takes her 60 minutes to drive to the nearest Walmart if she wants to go get something. But she makes handmade soap from the bee farm that she has on her property. Like I want to share people's stories and make people love them for who they are. And then that's the reason behind supporting women owned is you're supporting who they are, their lifestyle, their families just everything about them. And then um, there's a blog on the website as well. And so each business will have a blog post that uh, will feature them that will go live when the box ships and those will stay up forever. So those will always be searchable on the website as well.
0: I mean, the benefit that you're providing these businesses is amazing because you are buying their products at wholesale. You're promoting them on social media, in your blog, You know, telling their story in the box. I mean, how can you know, businesses that are listening right now, what's the best way to connect with you to, you know, get on the list, wait list for this? Yes,
1: I would love that. And I would just love an email. Hello at com, And we will just drop that email in the show notes as well, instead of me spelling it all out.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. And then for perfect. people that want to order, is it the same? Or do you have a wait list online?
1: Yes. Yeah, so when um, the listeners are hearing this, they can actually go to the website. So www.lebox.com and they will actually be able to subscribe. So I want to thank you for working with me on that. But yes, we will be live. And like I said, May 10th, 2021 um, is going to be the cutoff for this first summer box. After that,
0: there will be another gap because our next box won't be until the fall. Okay, great. Yeah. And so we're recording this episode on Wednesday. Is it Wednesday or Thursday? It's Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then we're going to have this episode out on Monday. So you will be open and ready to go. Uh, one right. other thing I wanted to ask you about is you had mentioned going to an event that was a couple hours away from your house with your market. So is that something that you think about doing as, you know, promoting your, you know, LA box at different markets or events? Uh, um, not yet. So I'm
1: actually going more like incognito. So, okay. yeah, so I am going, I'm going to have um some probably I'm going to call it a business card. I, I feel like that's a little maybe old school in this <laughs> day. Um. But what I want is I just want to be able to walk around this market is outside and all it is is handmade and vintage products. And so I just want to go there and look at these products and their business owners and if it feels right or I know that we should at least connect and see if you know we have a relationship if we could collaborate in any way then I just want to give them my information explain what I do um, hopefully buy some of their goodness so I'm kind of there for half business and half personal Um, so I'm not like taking Ellie box there I'm actually going there to see if any of these makers products would do well inside of this box.
0: Oh, that's a great idea. And I think in the future, though, you definitely could be, you know, when you're ready, promoting the box at different events. Yes, totally agree. Oh, my gosh. Well, I have loved this conversation. I am just waiting anxiously for your launch. And I'm, you know, been so excited to watch you through this whole journey and this process. Is there anything else you want to share with the listeners? You know, thank you for
1: everything here today. Seriously. Um, No, I think that, you know, whatever it is that you're truly passionate about, just go after it. But also a big thing that I think we all learned through 2020 is find that community. So when I was first starting out as a virtual assistant, I'm from a very small town in Iowa, where if you work, you go to work. I mean, yes, COVID really changed that. So saying that now isn't as accurate. But prior to March 2020, I didn't have anyone to connect with that wasn't you work online, do you really work? That was kind of the mentality, you know, before COVID pushed everyone home. Um, so if you are, think if your idea is something that you don't have experience with and you don't have people around you, go find them. Because if anything, this last year has made that so much easier. Free Facebook groups, paid communities, coaching, anything, it is out there. And like I said, the algorithm can actually be your friend. Start searching. And things will start popping up on your Facebook, they'll start popping up on your Instagram, and you'll find what you're looking for.
0: Oh, this has been great. And it's really actually inspiring me to think about really featuring a lot of startup businesses that are just launching and maybe do a series around that, because I think it's so interesting to hear the behind the scenes and with all of the different industries and the kind of things that you do, because it's it's really inspiring to people that have that idea and maybe are just a little bit nervous to get started. Um, but the way that you're handling everything and just strategically thinking through it all, I think that's just really, really exciting. And I think it's going to help a lot of other people just get started. Yes.
1: Thank you so much. And I would love to hear that series. So a hundred percent with that idea. I would love
0: it. That's so great. Well, good. Well, good luck with the launch and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at Event of Brush and in our private Facebook group where we continue this conversation. All of these details are listed in the episode notes. Your time is valuable and I appreciate that you spent it with me.